Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and we put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. Hello, everyone. I'm Annette Klazowski, your host. It is good to be back with you. As most of you know, I'm an executive coach, a speaker, a peer advisory board leader. That's the job I would do for free. And then I love all things sports. So um, we're getting ready um, to head into um, a whole season of football. So I'm excited about that. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host and producer, Annie Brown. Annie, hello. How are you today? I'm good. It's funny when you talk about sports, I'm like, what sports am I interested in? And it's definitely just like cheerleading documentaries. So that's... Oh. <laughs> hey, at least you acknowledge that that's a sport. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, cheerleading is, is a sport. And uh, I love, what was that show? I think it's called like Cheer or something on Netflix where the, the coach reminds me so much of you. So I watch it. I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's like uh, a net in a parallel universe. I, I love that. Well, here's a little known fact about me. I was on a synchronized swimming team no. back in my hometown. That's incredible. Um, a shout out to Marky Payne, who was our, she was a teacher and she taught swim lessons to all the grade school kids in our hometown. And then she did cool things like the synchronized swim team and jump rope team. And so I have been on a synchronized swim team. Wow. So if you're ever on a vacation or someplace with me and there's an outdoor pool, I might do a show. I might have been known to pull out some of my um, old synchronized swim team. We should do we should do an episode on like uh, the the parallels between synchronized swimming and and leadership or something like that. Because I'm sure you gained some important life lessons in that sport. Well, so I just watched the Olympics, and it's now called artistic swimming oh. instead of synchronized. I have no idea why, but. Um, but when I watch what they do, it's like amazing. But, um, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to figure I did that in rafting, river rafting and leadership. So surely there's some, some connection between synchronized swimming and leadership. Yes. Oh, I'll uh, work on it for sure. And, you know, we'll just have to also dig through some, some old photos and stuff and find you with those what they had those like flower swim caps and the little nose plugs and stuff <laughs> i'm sure hey, that's we out were there. a cool synchronized swim team we okay. didn't have those okay i have i have i have t- i have our pictures from middle school and high school when i was uh the blue starina swim club oh well <laughs> those are gonna have to go up on the instagram we'll find those for sure and uh uh, good transition. As a reminder, everybody, make sure to follow Leaders Spotlight on Instagram for leadership tips and now apparently um, synchronized swimming uh, information. <laughs> so it's going to be a dual dual purpose account now. <laughs> um, we're like at the art of segues today, aren't we? Yes, yes. And from synchronized swimming, I don't know how we got there to um, now our interview. <laughs> so, um, I, well, I get here's the segue: synchronized. We are talking with Heather Wilson, and we are like kindred spirits. So we are very synchronized in what we have chosen for our career. So we do a lot of the same things. So it's always nice to talk to somebody who thinks, believes, and and passions are aligned. And Heather is a strategic HR leader. She does organizational effectiveness. She's an HR consultant, a speaker, and an author. And I think she'll share 
um, some great insights into just her path and, and her story. Thank, Thank you for being, being on the um, podcast and uh, I just really appreciate your time and I'm looking forward because we have a lot in common in our backgrounds and I think what, what um, gets us up in the morning and motivates us. So we will get to all of that, but I want to start, Heather, with just um, kind of tell me a little bit about your background because I think the story behind the leader is really important. So kind of give us a a little bit of a glimpse of um, kind of how you came up through your career. (laughs) All right, well, um, you know, it was one of those journeys that, you know, we all experience when it comes to our career. Um, I was kind of the lost soul in college. Uh, I actually um, started out wanting to be a pediatrician. Um, Went through my freshman year of the weed out class biology and realized that that's not really for me, but I was willing to keep trying. So I went through my second semester of um, chemistry, and that was a done deal for me. It's like, yeah, can't do science. Like, the science is not my thing. So then I kind of felt lost because so many people have just like this career that's in a box. You know, it's like, this is what I'm going to be, this is what I'm going to do, you know, and I just, I didn't have that. I thought I did, but that was not the reality. So I wandered uh, through my sophomore year of college, uh, thought I wanted to be an interior designer, then thought, well, I can go to physical therapy school and still help people, but I don't have to have all the science, like the chemistry and math stuff. Um, Then I shadowed and I was like, I don't have the patience to help someone continue to take a step or bounce the ball. Um, (laughs) So at that point, I'm a junior, um, just unsure, and I'm I'm scared to death because I'm like, I, you know, ah, I've got two more years. So I called my mom um, and my mom is a writer. She's worked at various different communications jobs throughout her career. And she said, Heather, maybe you just go back to the basics, find something that would be a well-rounded skill that you could use in a lot of different ways. And you enjoy writing, you enjoy talking to people. Why don't you go journalism, public relations in that world? And I thought, okay, well, check that out. Good news was a lot of my classes transferred. So that's a win when you're a junior (laughs) in college (laughs) and you're paying your way um, that you're not going to have to add semesters or time. So I've then pursued journalism, public relations emphasis um, for the remainder of my college career, graduated um, and pursued a job with State Farm Insurance because I had been an intern with them in their marketing department, did a year of, of insurance work. And then fell in love, moved to Oklahoma City, went to work for a local business that needed an administrative assistant. So that was very much a humbling moment that, you know, I'm a college grad, great grades, on a roll, all that stuff, and step into administrative assistant role. Well, that was the best decision I ever made, not knowing that that was going to be the best decision I ever made. Um, And the reason being is because the CEO, uh, Claire Ford, saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And she Mm -hmm. saw the ability for me to fall into that organizational development space. Mm -hmm. And after several months of working for her, she said, you succinctly communicate, you are engaging, you are um, able to to teach people without them realizing you're teaching them. Um, And she said, we need to build a training department. Do you want to do it? 
and I'm like, I don't know anything about training. <laughs> um, but I was, I was willing to take on the challenge. And so she you know, provided me the tools, the resources, got me involved with ATD, um, encouraged me to build that professional network, and I built their training department. And two years into that role, had then had the opportunity to continue to accelerate in training and development, uh, moved to American Fidelity, and um, helped them build their sales training department for one of their strategic business units. That was a really fun job. I traveled all over the country, um, meeting with agents, helping them build their blocks of business, giving them the tools and resources that they needed. Uh, also kind of tied back to my PR skill because sales mm -hmm. is so much <laughs> PR. Um, so that really helped with writing playbooks and scripts and all those things, the tools that, that the sales team needed. At that point in my life, I was kind of ready to have a baby and settle down and um, be more of a mom, kind of move into that mm -hmm. chapter of my life. And um, being a road warrior was not something that I felt like I could do well while being the mom I wanted to be. So um, the door opened at the right time within American Fidelity for a promote from within opportunity to move into the corporate HR space. And I went to work for the um, senior VP of HR uh, at American Fidelity, which is one of Fortune 100 best companies to work for. In fact, uh, I just saw today that they're number 15th on the list. Um, so they continue to be a major player um, in setting the stage for amazing workplace culture. And um, actually, that was a big piece of my job in that role, was I was an HR project manager responsible for all strategic initiatives. So I did um, a lot of work in, in that space. And probably one of the achievements I'm most proud of is I built their work from home program 10 years ago when work from home was not cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it was something that actually came due to the H1N1 pandemic at the time. Uh -huh. When we were preparing for that, not knowing what that would mean. And um, shortly after you know, that winter, we had a really bad ice storm in Oklahoma City. And um, at that point, it was like, okay, business continuity. If not for the pandemic, business continuity. So I was the project manager that um, led the way to uh, work with our team internally to set up infrastructure from a technology standpoint, uh, the culture piece of... Um, managers feeling comfortable to lead remotely and allow their people to be remote. Um, and really, um, that was a fun, that was a really fun project, probably one of the funnest projects I've been part of, um, because it just, uh, it was challenging, it learned a lot, but at the same time, so rewarding. And then to look at where we are today. Um, yeah, and that's what gonna yeah, say. they, you know, um, when I left there several years ago, they, you know, they were at 70, 75% of the workforce worked from home at least two days a week. Um, so they were already ready. For, I mean, they were ready for that. They were ready to kick over quick. So, yeah. um, so I spent some time um, also in other HR functions there, uh, time in the compensation world, time in HRIS. Um, I really kind of became a, a jack of all trades um, in that space, filled in when people would be on leaves, um, filled in when you know people left until someone new was hired. And that was a great opportunity to learn a lot about just overall HR function, specifically talent management. That then paved the way to kind of return to um, leadership development. So I spent some of, some of my time in leadership development, executive coaching at American Fidelity, 
and built their leadership competency model and um, just did a bunch of really cool work in that space as well. And at that point, it was kind of like, okay, like, you know, I, I, about every two, three years, I'm kind of ready for a new challenge, something new, something different. Opportunity opened up to promote to a director position in operations, but I was still supporting the training function of operations. So still kind of kept my, kept my OD world following me, but branched into the operational side of uh, the organization. Spent a few of the years in that spot and then kind of was like, okay, maybe it's time to try a new organization. You know, really I'd grown up at American Fidelity. They had amazing opportunities there. I mean, I would not be where I am today if it was not for the support of all the leaders that led me through that journey uh, and gave me the opportunity, honestly, you know, believed in me more than I believed in myself to know that, you know, I could do whatever it was that they, they were needing in that role and um, moved to Heartland Payment Systems and spent a year there. And that job was 100% operational. Um, and I had very little people interaction outside of leading. And um, that was very different for me because I've always been really involved in HR strategy, HR people, uh, OD, um, just that culture piece. You know, I could build my own, help build my own culture within my team, but it wasn't as broad as, as what I had historically been involved with. Mm -hmm. And um, that door closed for various reasons. Um, and at that point in time, it was, I was kind of at a loss of like what to do because I was, wasn't really expecting to have the door closed, but it was. And at that point, I thought, well, you know what? While I'm job searching, I might as well get my name out there that I can do consulting work and reached out to my network, which I'm so blessed to have over the years and let people know I'm available to help with any sort of strategic planning, organizational effectiveness and efficiencies, training and development, HR, and um, launched, launched my own consulting company, which I, who would have known that would have been part of my, <laughs> part of my journey, but it was. Um, and then of course COVID hit. Um, and so, you know, I thought, well, I'm going to continue to press down this road. This is where we are. This is this is where I'm headed. And then in May um, of last year, got a call um, from a dear friend and mentor saying that the Children's Center Rehabilitation Hospital was searching for a chief of mission and culture. And would I be willing to put my resume out there um, as a potential candidate for that position? And I did that and I have now been here all right at nine months. Wow. So um, my, my role here is um, over day-to-day curb-to-curb world is, is my world. And so I am responsible for the daily operations at the hospital, as well as the HR, corporate communications, guest relations functions um, mm -hmm. of, the, of the organization. So... Uh, with my primary focus being making sure that our mission and culture is encompassing and is the focus of everything that we do. That's great. You know, I love that is right. Well, and it's, it, that's what's so great about hearing people's stories, because like you said, I think there's a lot of pressure on young people to know what they want to do and to have that box. And it's like, you have to take the road to know what the options are alongside the journey. And so I love that because 
you know, you just take what road you see, you learn, um, even the steps back that are perceived as steps back or society looks at like, oh, wow, something must be wrong. But sometimes those are the ones that really prepare us to launch. So, so that's what, that's what I love hearing about people's stories. Cause it's just, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the pivotal part you talked about was when you felt like it wasn't successful, you took an admin role. Yes. But what happened was you happened to meet somebody that mentored and was able to speak to you, which as you and I both know, especially in what we do with leadership and development, it does take a village. It takes, you're as good as the people around you or the people you put around you. 100%. So, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, I know you do a lot about better together, you know, or together better, you know, how, mm-hmm. and, and I like that concept sounds good, right? And when you're in culture and I mean, we can go through politics, we can go through whatever you want to. Why is, why do you think it's so hard to achieve just getting everybody rowing in the same direction? And let's just talk about an organization, you know, cause you would think that would be easy. But it's really not. It's why they have positions that you and I fill, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think the hardest part is interpretation. You know, we can say one thing and in our minds it's clear, but to someone else, how they receive it is so different based on, you know, their background, their upbringing, their experiences. Um, their biases, you know, all those things that we bring as we're processing a direction or a vision brings extreme challenge. Um, And so when you're setting that pace or you're setting that direction, that's why I really believe strongly in together we're better because in order for you to really have a clear destination or vision, you've got to have everybody's inputs to ensure that then you really are. Um, example that I, I have used for years and years is, you know, the difference between I want to paint a room blue and I want to paint the room navy blue. There's a big difference. Yeah. And even if yeah. you go down into the tactical of, well, do you cut in first? Do you roll first? Do you take? Do you not take? I mean, the outcome may be the same, but different people get lost in the detail which sometimes can deliver a different outcome, even if your outcome is as simple as I want to paint the room blue or I want to paint the room navy blue. Well, and then you have the whole section of people that are like, why are we painting the room? That's right. Why are they even Why blue? Yeah, yeah, and why blue? So yeah, that's a good analogy because it's, I think, I think leaders forget they they are driving an organization. And I think sometimes they forget to stop and get people on board, right? Get people in the vehicle in order to move forward because it doesn't seem like progress or we get, you know, we get annoyed with how things might take time when in really in, in the reality, it's, it's alignment. You know, people are getting aligned and it's like rowing. If you've ever done, you know, the team building, we go row because you think, well, you know, we can row, but you can't really build that effectiveness and you cannot increase speed or go straight if you're not really working together. So right. you, you really have to kind of step out and kind of figure out, okay, what are all the moving pieces? And then I love that you said, which I think we are in high awareness now of 
you know, saying you need people's input and then actually figuring out how to get that, you know, that, that there's a big, and the bias and everything, I think that we're all learning um, plays a huge, a huge part in that. So, so I know, you know, you do a lot around, um, and, and I'll call the outputs of kind of what you do is really around organizational effectiveness, um, strategic with people, you know, how do you align people to a company's mission or their culture strategy? Um, and then, you know, really get people, I like to say drinking the Kool-Aid where they really <laughs> believe in what your company is doing. So talk a little bit about, um, maybe, and maybe in relationship, you know, you just started a job where, you know, how awesome that a company's values that right to align what our mission and culture is about with their company. So what are things that you, you do or would be for leaders to listen? Like, like these are like the building blocks of doing this for your organization. What, what are some of those pieces? Well, I think first, just from a leadership perspective, one of the first things I did when I joined was I felt it was important that the team get to know me, um, know my strengths, know my weaknesses you know if you're if you're a leader and you've been in any sort of leadership role for a lengthy amount of time hopefully you've had an opportunity to do assessments you know strength finders disc myers-briggs there's a plethora of them out there right but you should have a strong enough self-awareness to say you know these are the things i've been told are my strengths and these are the things i know are my opportunities and that was my very first one-on-one with my 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 new team members because I wanted them to understand how, how I operated. Cause that's scary, right? That's yeah, scary yeah. if you get a new boss and you're like, well, I don't know if they want me to email me or call me or, you know, do they, do they want a text message? Am I bothering them? You know, all those yeah. different nuances. You know, I think that's, that's a big piece of just that leadership connection um, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And I think if you can establish that you gain credibility and trust with the individuals because you are, some ways, you know, right. I was kind of putting my neck out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like these are the, these are the things that I know I need to do better. So take a shot. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, um, but I, I, the feedback I received from my team is they were thankful for that because that gave them confidence and how to engage um, that gave them confidence to, that I really had an open door policy that gave them confidence that if they caught me in the hall, that I, I would tell them, yes, I have time for you or, Hey, I'll get back to you in 20 minutes you know mm-hmm. um and i think that helped them you know set that stage and um going forward at that at that higher organizational level i think the same applies you know what's the st- what's the script what are the core values are you constantly talking about them are you you know your why statements are you talking about your why statements do you have them on meeting agendas do you have them you know blasted around your media or your walls or whatever the the ways that you can get them in front of people and, um, you know, making sure that as a leader, if your team doesn't lose sight of that, then they'll continue to trickle that out to others through all yeah. things. Yeah. And I think it's just, there's gotta be a lot of intentionality to making sure that it's living and breathing rather than just being the thing that people have to dig out of their drawer when you ask them. What's yeah. our mission? Yeah, yeah. What's it's the like, core oh, values? <laughs> it's something like yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, I do a lot. I do a lot of intentionality behind that. You know, this month we're focusing on one of our core values, and it's on our agenda for our meet- team meetings. And um, you know, we have a we're a faith 
faith organization. And so we have scripture that ties into that and just really honing in on the reminders of the why we exist and what we do. I would say thirdly, decision-making. So, you know, anytime that we're making a, a organizational decision or a team decision, it's like, okay, does this align and support our mission? And if it does not, why? And are we okay with that? Because there's enough um, reason to do it. But if it doesn't align with the mission, why? It, you know, why? Or is our mission wrong? Like, do we need to go back and revisit our yeah, mission? Yeah, revisit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that you started with... Um, exposing the gaps because that's what that's where you have the greatest amount of opportunity to grow so you know if if you come in and are weak in certain areas and everybody around you is weak in those areas you know that's you're as strong as that right or right. if you go and say hey here's where my opportunities for growth are or where i'm going to need help it also empowers people to step into those roles mm -hmm. instead of sitting back waiting you know, to, to read you and learn things. And so it's, it, it is that step back to go forward kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, I, I like I like that a lot. Uh, okay, so, so talk about, you know, kind of, and this could be any time in your career, in your career, what, like what was, has been the hardest, like lesson failure thing that hit you that, you know, like for me, there are times where, you know, I, I, I sit there and go, am I going to get back up? Like, can I really get back up or, mm -hmm. or what am I going to do? So talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Yes. So that would be um, for me when I was laid off um, and when that door closed um, with that organization, I had, I'm an achiever on the strength finders. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I've always, um, you know, been almost kind of sought out. I don't want that to sound egotistical because I don't mean it like that, but through my various promote from within opportunities and movement, most of the time I was not actively seeking new things. <laughs> uh -huh. you know, most of the time it was a, Hey, have you seen that, you know, job posting out there? Would you be interested? You know, more of that passive people passively engaging with me. Um, and so to be told, you know, that my, my job was no longer as it is today, they're redesigning it, they're reordering it, and there was not a place for me, it broke my heart, because mm -hmm. I thought, wow, like, this is the, this is the one time that I've been told totally the opposite mm -hmm. <laughs> of what I historically, and, you know, I've, I'd applied for internal opportunities and didn't get them, and, you know, in my, in my promote from within times, um, but this was different, right? This was, this was a, wow, like they don't even need me. They can't put me somewhere else. Like there's it's not like even rejection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and that was very, very hard. You know, I remember going home that day and, and telling my husband, like, uh, I don't even know, I don't even know where to begin. Um, you know, and, and thankfully he was loving and supportive. And he said, you know what, it's November. Why don't you just take the next two months and just be rest you know, work on the house, do projects you want to do, enjoy the holidays with the kids, like just be. And that was weird too, because I've worked since the day I turned 16 because I had to work to have a car. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know what it means to not work. Um, so that was kind of, kind of a weird thing too. Um, 
And I remember I did really well during the week, which is kind of a strange, it's kind of strange because you'd think during the work week, that'd be when you'd struggle. Mm -hmm. But during the work week, I did great. Took the kids to school, ran errands, exercised, came home, piddled around, did whatever it was I wanted to do, blogged, you know, whatever. Um, But Sunday afternoons would always be my moment of grief. And it'd be the moment that I could not get myself together. I would cry, I'd get I'd be snippy, whatever that, you know, whatever that, you know, output was. And Mm -hmm. I would find myself, um, we'd go, you know, I would often go for a walk by myself and I just, you know, say, hey, I I need 30 minutes. And, you know, I would cry, I'd pray, I'd I'd sit, sometimes I would stop middle of the walking trail and just have a breakdown. So, because I didn't want anyone to see me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I I kept thinking, why Sundays? Like, why is this happening on Sundays? And I, I think it would always hit me that it's like, well, this is my normal time to prepare for the week. And when you're working full time outside of the home, you know, Sunday afternoons, it's groceries, it's kids lists of to do's, it's what are activities we have on this week, like you're planning for the week. Um, so I had to find a way to change my Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that took a lot of, of um, emotional intelligence that took a lot of positive self talk. It took a lot of friends and family and supporters that were like, you got this, like, there is a reason this is happening and you'll figure it out someday. Um, but until then, like you need to pick your head up and walk on down the road. Those two months were, were very challenging because that was an identity I, I'd never experienced before. Yeah. I'd never experienced the stay at home mom identity. Um, I've, I've always been the working mom identity. And, um, you know, then once I, I just decided in January to launch my consulting firm officially, of course, then that ate ate up all my time and I had a purpose again in my career, the career part of my life. But I, I learned in that, that there's my value, my personal value does not come from a title and my personal value does not come from a paycheck. My personal value comes from the impact and my legacy that I can leave behind for others. That's, that's so powerful because I went through something very similar um, but I was kind of, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, I was already out on my own and, um, and I was doing a lot in the dot-com bubble at that time and mm. it crashed. So, but I was in the same thing because I then just took a little bit of time off, but I had the office in the high rise downtown and then I come back and, and I would have said to you, oh, I'm, my identity is not in my work. I would have said the right thing, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm very grounded, but I think what that experience did for me, and it sounds like this is what happened for you, it really made me kind of reset kind of my inner core, which set me up for this last, you know, half of my career. But, but it it is this, um, you're on that hamster wheel and you're achieving, 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 and, you know, crossing all the, you know, dotting the I's, getting all the accolades. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's this, this chasm that you fall into. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, that's interesting. Um, but, you know, it, 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 but then it's funny because, you know, you go through, you know, a valley like that and then step right out and go, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own company. <laughs> I know, right? It seems kind of weird. <laughs> well, but it's that drive. It's like yeah. everybody has that drive. And sometimes we get knocked out of that gear or we get tested um, or we do something that fails and it's all about how you frame it, right? It's right. really all about how you frame that. 
for you going forward. And so I am sure where you are today, there are going to be times where you go, oh, that is exactly why I went through that, mm -hmm. you know, for, mm -hmm. for yeah. this mission right here. Yeah. So. And you know, that's interesting you say that because um, through my, through my background, I've done a lot of unique things. Um, and I have just continued to be in awe in this role that those kind of random unique projects that people would just kind of say other duties as assigned work on this. Like I've had to already use here. Oh. And I just, I found so much joy in that because it's like, okay, like this is part of the master plan, right? Like, yeah. This, yeah. this is where my journey has led me and why I had all these random like detours and side roads <laughs> of projects, you know, I now know why, because I needed that skill set or that experience to be able to be here. And that that's been so just joy filled and powerful for me to, to remember that through that pain and suffering in those hard days of that, the, you know, that hard nine months of my identity being lost, that there, there was a reason because yeah. it, it wouldn't yeah. have worked out otherwise. So I always ask people um, who they're for are, and it's about who you put around you really yeah. will dictate your success. And so you really kind of alluded to the people around you that, you know, helped you through that. So who, who would your four be? If you had four. to just name four that you think have really mentored or helped you yeah. in your career. Yeah, so I, I, I will start with my mom. Um, my mom was a single mom for most of my childhood. And I remember just watching her work multiple jobs. She was, she was a strong professional, you know, woman um, in the field of communications and public relations, had great jobs, but it was never enough to provide for me and my brother during certain seasons. And I, you know, I just remember her drive, her dedication. And even if that meant she was doing multiple jobs during Christmas, picking up, you know, a job at the department store so she could have Christmas for us or picking up an extra job when we turned 16 to help cover those expenses. Um, you know, she really, she really taught me the power of drive in the sense of you can do what you put your mind to, mm -hmm. even when circumstances are tough. So my grit and my, and my drive, I think, come from watching all that she did um, to provide for me, um, partly in hopes that I, I didn't want to ever have to be in that space, but more importantly, just being a role model for me to not give up, you know, mm -hmm. that, that she could have given up a lot of times and she never did. So I adore, I adore that about her and many other things, but that's, that's why I pick her as one. Uh, my second would be the, the boss that identified my, my organizational development skill set and gifts. You know, she hired me as an administrative assistant and a couple months later was like, hey, I think you need to build our training department. And you know, I'm a young one year out of college professional. Um, and, you know, I, I thought, wow, well, you know, I'll try it, but I, I will forever be in debt to her from the standpoint of she saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. Mm -hmm. And I really try as a leader to do that to my team members. And that's really hard, especially if somebody's in the wrong seat. But because of my experience of someone putting me in the right seat, I feel as if I have to pay it forward to get people where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I just, I, 
I just think that that's an important part of being a leader and I'm, I'm thankful for her for, for pushing me in that, into that direction. I think the third one um, would be um, another boss that I had that was an executive um, of HR. And she, again, I mean, she just continued to throw projects my way, things I'd never worked on. Uh, I remember right when I moved into the, the corporate HR team, she um, talked to me about um, how I needed to get my PHR certification. And I, was, I didn't even know what that was because um, I had been on the organizational training and development side. And she told me, you know, Heather, I just think this is going to give you a foundation that you need to be in, you know, have that generalist knowledge from a book perspective. It's also going to make you more marketable. And I remember thinking, why do you want me marketable? Like I work here. <laughs> um, and, you know, she just looked at me, she said, you know, she said, we'll benefit from it now. If you're here forever, great. If you're not, then someone else will benefit from it. But most importantly, you'll benefit from it. And we want to invest that in you. And um, so, she, you know, she's paved the way for that and mm -hmm. um, just continued to mentor me and believe in me and um, stretched me greatly. She probably is the leader that stretched me the most um, outside of, you know, the, the first one I mentioned that threw me into building a training department. But you know, this was at a different level um, of a stretch. And so I think that, you know, again, as a leader, just her stretching me and, and believing in me more than I did myself mm -hmm. um, is one of the best things a leader can do. And then the last person would be my pastor. Um, his level of transparency um, and in the walk of faith um, brings me just great peace, you know, knowing that we're all imperfect um, we all are broken and um, on our tough days, like don't get hung up on that. Uh, instead, look, look to what the promises are ahead and put your head up and be kind and love everybody and, um, you know, follow, follow the light and be the light for others. And I think that as a leader, that's another thing that's so important is so many people today are, are well, we're all broken, but so many people, especially in this time, are just hurting for various reasons they're stressed, mm -hmm. we're tired. Um, and, you know, to be a light, even to one person any day in my role, and not because of who the role I play or not because of my title, um, but because I genuinely care and love for every employee that we have here. Uh, I just think that's a really important part of, of feeding and pouring into others to elevate them to see their best selves. Well, I think we're just heading into a season that um, people keep saying we're going to get back to normal and I can't wait. And I think we're going to go through a season of um, just kind of re rehabilitation from, you know, it's what we, everybody's been through. It's just been an experience like nothing else. And so I think leadership, I think those are great qualities that had been gifted to you along the path that now you're paying for it. I love that. So Thank you. Thank you so much for um, being with us, just sharing and uh, just being so honest and open because yeah. uh, I think that's um, that's where people gravitate towards and that's where they learn the most and that's where the most impact is. Not, you know, saying the right thing or doing the right thing. So I love that. And I love that success has come from that for you. Well, thank you. And thanks for the opportunity to uh, join you today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I know it's been great. It's been great. 
for listening to this episode of Leaders Spotlight. Make sure to visit our website, AnnetteKlazowski.com forward slash Leaders Spotlight, where you can find resources mentioned on this show, as well as past episodes. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leaders Spotlight.